Welcome in. This is your t- Friday scramble presented by Prize Picks. It is March 11th, 2022. I'm Rick Gabe, that right there, Andy Lack. Andy, we're soggy. We're sitting here in a rain delay. I guess we have a captivated audience, maybe. Yeah, hopefully uh, people will tune into some of our uh, our takes and thoughts as we wade through this weather delay. Uh, unfortunately, I think that this is probably the way it's going to be for the rest of the day if I had to take a guess. I'm no meteorologist, but I can certainly play one on the scramble, Andy. And um, <laughs> here's the next few hours around Ponte Vedra Beach. And I don't know if this is going to animate or not through the stream, but there, there's just... There's just no window here, right? I mean, it's multiple hours of rain, and we just had Gary Young, who's the the chief PGA Tour rules official, and he did not seem all that optimistic about the way the next couple hours are going to come come together. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to ask you if you saw that tweet right before we went live, and I saw you already had had put it in the outline. Um, Yeah, I think that this is a tournament that... um, they are going to do, this is the PGA tours crown jewel, right? So when it gets to a situation where the course is pretty much unplayable, um, this is what's going to happen. And if I had to take a guess, Rick, they're probably going to, um, do whatever they can over the next couple of days to make this a enjoyable and fun and watchable and playable tournament. Um, they just got dealt a really bad hand this week. Already two and a half inches of rain on TPC Sawgrass in the last 24 hours. And then, of course, what we're going through now. And Andy, if they don't get back on the golf course, we're certainly headed for a Monday finish. But it's not like there's necessarily great weather coming later in the week, right? I mean, you're talking about tomorrow, which would be Saturday. And I'll pull up the, the chart here. You're talking about high winds, still chances of thunderstorms on, on Saturday morning as well. Yeah. Saturday, when I was looking at the weather towards the beginning of the week, which as always proves to be a uh, flawed exercise, I, I always felt like Saturday morning was going to be the toughest of the course because you got that combination of the high wind and potential rain, like pretty much playing in a monsoon. And it seems to look like that will still be the case. So if I had to take a guess, Rick, I don't think they play for the rest of the day would be my guess. Uh, and then I think we probably see maybe one or two stop and starts on Saturday too. I think they try in Saturday morning, but if put it this way, if they get to the cut on like Saturday afternoon, I think that's a pretty massive accomplishment. The problem with this, it's not a problem. It, it, there's no one who can control this, but we were kind of talking about it before we went hot. It's a shame when the storyline is not the players, nor is it the course. I'm even okay with a lot of championships where the course is the storyline because of how easy it is, how hard it is, how unique it is, how historic it is. This is just mother nature wreaking havoc. And it's, it's, I don't have another word for it other than to say, it's just a shame. It's a huge bummer. Um, I think there are some interesting things going on with it. I mean, it's still so early. Most of these guys haven't finished their round one. I feel kind of silly trying to like analyze this leaderboard too much and make any grand sweeping statements about 
um, players and, and whether I'm impressed or disappointed and surprising because we're still so early. Usually when we do this on Friday morning, we at least have one full round in and the start of another one. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. It is, it is the weather this week and we've been incredibly lucky, uh, in the beginning half of the season, yes. with the weather that we've gotten and, and the leaderboards and tournaments that we've gotten as well for the most part. So I guess we were due, but I, there's still some interesting things to talk about. I, I, I still think that for better or worse, this tournament is, you know, there's some good names at the top of the leaderboard that we can get into. For sure. And this is the first weather delay we've had since Houston. So we have been on a good run of weather. So one of the popular strategies before the week started was to stack the PM <laughs> AM wave. Andy, that, um, is that still the right side of things? Are we still happy with that as we're kind of looking at everything as it as it starts to shake out here? I don't think so. TBD. Put put it this way. Um if there is no play um for the rest of the day, which would be my guess, then it looks it does look like the um the AM PM guys will at least have last holes to play on Saturday, which is uh, supposed to be brutal with the wind in the first real day that the wind blows. But not only that, they got probably the best conditions of the course, which was yesterday afternoon when it wasn't raining, but it was still wet. So I know the full scoring averages haven't come in or anything yet. Um, it already, the guys playing this morning are shooting a little bit higher than the guys that played yesterday afternoon, but that looks like the case. And so, you know, I, I think the recommendation that I made and, and I was luckily able to do this was I I'm going to straddle the fence on this one. I'm not going to go full either side. I'm going to have some lineups be completely stacked AM PM. Some lineups be completely stacked AM PM or PM AM and we'll see where it goes, but it just always proves that trying to predict the weather is often a fool's errand. Yeah. One, one delay sets you on the wrong side of things. So it's right now it's about a half a stroke, uh, different. The PM wave about a half a stroke more difficult, obviously lots of golf still to be played in that round one afternoon wave. So we'll kind of see how that all shakes out. You mentioned the top of the leaderboard, Tommy Fleetwood, Tom Hoagie are both in at six under, they are feet up relaxing on this Friday. It's Bryce Garnett who was playing through the muck and the mud. He's six under. He's played 13 holes. And then you see some notables after them. Joaquin Neiman is one shot off the pace. Your one and done selection, Daniel Berger, one shot off the pace. Sam Burns, Abraham Answer lurking. So there's some certainly some bigger names. And then if you go a little bit further than that to the three unders, you get to uh, some some large notable players as well. Yeah, Tom Hoagie might be good. Like actually, he might be like last year's Jason Kokrak. He might. He might. I'm not saying he's going to win this week, but I, I, he's not going to go away. That win at Pebble Beach wasn't an anomaly. He's going to. He's going to continue to play well. And I think the reason why I was lucky enough to be on him at Pebble Beach is early on, Rick, I was able to identify a specific skill set that Tom Hoagie has, which is that he's like the best, like short to mid iron player, like in the world outside of like right. Morikawa over a really large sample size. And when you have a weapon that distinctive, there are just a lot of courses on the PGA Tour, whether it be Pebble Beach, whether it be TPC Sawgrass, whether it be Wai Lai, whether it be Harbortown, whether it be Sedgefield, where 
being able to throw darts and being a really good wedge to mid iron player is going to serve you really well. So I don't think Hoagie's going anywhere. I think he's going to be relevant for this tournament. I'm not buying the Tommy thing though. I, I still like, I, I, he's still, he did it all last week with the putter and short game and he's losing strokes ball striking to this week. So I I'm just not buying the Tommy thing. He said it himself after his rounds one interview. He's like, I, I didn't play all that great i know it says 66 on the scorecard but yeah it was a lot of kind of short game magic and being all over the place uh with the full swings And i know we're going to get to some tommy fleetwood stuff here in just one second because we're going to do the props and we've got a lot to talk about because this could the conditions are going to be changing the uh day of the week that we're playing it on is probably going to be changing but before we get into that uh one thing that you and I were texting about is the infamous uh island green peninsula green at 17 and that what would you call that that foot of of rough that they have around yeah. the entirety of it is that how you would describe that feature for this year the collar yeah the collar. it's like there you it's go. like yeah. a collar yeah it's a disgrace, Rick. It is an absolute disgrace. And I was worried about this a little bit because we we touched on this a little bit on the Tuesday show. But when somebody like Rory McIlroy speaks about course setup, the PGA Tour really does listen. I mean, I don't think they have the threat of the Saudis breathing down their neck, maybe the way that they did a couple of weeks ago. But Rory's words on course setup still holds a ton of weight. And what generally happens um, in our history with course setups on the PGA Tour? They overcompensate in one direction and then they overcompensate in the other direction. And I agree there were aspects of Bay Hill that were unfair last week in terms of good shots not being rewarded. But to put a collar on the 17th hole, I mean, it completely changes the entire character of the hole. Spin control is a skill, Rick. Right. Like, like ask Tiger Woods, like all he always talks about is how can I control my spin? How can I control my spin? How can I control my spin? And the way this collar, the way they have the collar is you can just hit a, it's a stock wedge and you don't have to worry about spin because worst case scenario, you have an uphill 40 footer. It's ridiculous. We had one water ball on the most famous hole in golf yesterday. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? I, I completely agree. It takes out a lot of the char- character is probably the right word for it of 17. That one water ball that I believe you're referring to is Harold Varner, the thirds who that water ball came with him in the lead at seven under par. The only guy who dumps it in the water all day, does it from the lead there. I love HV three. I wish him all the success. And there is a phrase that gets thrown around Andy that is called um, allergic to the lead that I don't even like to put on these guys. Cause there's a, like it's, it's actually kind of shameful to say about someone there's a lot of evidence that Harold Varner third is like the most allergic to the lead guy that we have on the PGA tour. I hate that phrase too, Rick. And I know both of us are probably in the same camp where, you know, we don't like to classify players as this guy. Oh, this guy can never win. Right. Right. Because I mean, how many examples to the contrary have we seen of that already this season? People were starting to get worried about Scotty Scheffler, right? And yeah, suddenly he reels him off, and now he's the favorite to win this tournament too and has the potential to become the number one player in the world, I think. So yeah. things can change very quickly. Um, Varner's still young, but yes, it does always feel like there's a double bogey right around the corner the second that he touches the lead. He, he burns really hot 
and and he kind of gets too close to the sun sometimes. And as it's pointed out in the chat, I I understand that HV3 just won, but if you remember in Saudi Arabia, Andy, if you were up at 2 a.m. watching that, he tried to cough it up. He yeah. he bogeyed like 15, 16 or whatever, and dropped a bomb that is unlikely to happen on 18, which is a hard two putt to win it. Like like I, I get it. I know he just hoisted a trophy, and I hope that we don't have to talk about him getting to the lead and immediately ejecting ever again. Yeah. And I'm not, I don't think either of us are taking anything away from his win in Saudi Arabia that even though that's a tournament, I wish we didn't have to acknowledge. Um, That was, that was a solid win with a good leaderboard and, and Varner, like he was in the final group of the 2019 PGA championship with, with Brooks. Brooks? Yeah. Yeah. With Brooks. He's been, He's been leading Riviera on the back nine over the weekend before. Like he's actually been in the mix at the players here before as well. The Northern trust, a bunch of FedEx cup playoff events. So he's a great player. Um, I have, I'll tell you this much. I mean, now he's a little bit farther back on the leaderboard. Cause I didn't realize that he bogeyed 18 too. Yeah. I have, I have a little, I probably have more confidence in, in Varner than I do in Fleetwood sticking around this weekend. Oh, that's an interesting take. I don't mind that one. Um, there is one last thing, then we'll we'll hit the prop segment here. Uh, but John Douglas mentions this, and, and Andy, you tweeted this out earlier. The Valspar next week was a low-key, pretty strong field. Mm-hmm. We had some studs in it, uh, DJ, Morikawa, Xander, a couple of others. The longer this player's championship lingers, the longer we go into this, you would assume the likelihood of some WDs coming in for the Valspar continues to rise. 100%. At least it's in Tampa, so it's not that far away, but I think that we're probably at like a 99% chance that we're at minimum going to get a Monday finish. Um, And, you know, especially a lot of those guys, if they make the cut, like it was already a little confusing to me, you know, Xander's playing this tournament for the first time. Morikawa's playing this tournament for the first time. Brooks isn't somebody who generally plays this tournament. DJ hasn't played this tournament as well. I think guys like Sam Burns, who's the defending champion and Abraham answer are going to stick around. But yeah, I would not be surprised if, especially some of the guys, if they get in the mix, like if Xander or Morikawa get in the mix over the weekend and they're playing on Monday in contention, I'd be shocked to see them at the Valspar because then remember next week it's the match play. And then two weeks later is the masters. Yeah. Yeah. There's just a lot of, a lot of big time golf to be played. And uh, with a long week like this and soggy, you think these guys might take a week off and dry out a little bit. All right, Andy, we're going to go to the props. So we are literally, this is insane. 19 and two in our last 21 picks. That's four scrambles worth. So that's, it's only like two and a half weeks of picks. We've been absolutely red hot. We're going to try to continue that success. We're going to continue our quest to bankrupt prize picks, but we're going to do it after these words. Andy Lack is not only the co-host of The Scramble, but also produces his own show, The Inside Golf Podcast. It's available twice a week, focusing on course breakdowns, DFS, and betting strategies for every PGA Tour event. Admittedly, I was drawn to Andy for his data-driven approach, which you'll find on his Sunday shows as he breaks down the field. But I'm even more impressed by his passion for course architecture, which offers a different perspective of our great game. Mix those together with insightful and humorous guests who don't take themselves too seriously, and you've got a recipe for a great podcast. Follow Inside Golf Pod on Twitter and download Inside Golf wherever you download podcasts. 
All right, Andy, let's prop it like it's hot. So this is indeed brought to you by Prize Picks, although it's unbelievable they're paying us for this as we continue to crush them because we are now, again, 19-2 and two in the last 21 picks. That number, this has to come down at some point. You can't be winning 19 out of every 21. That's unsustainable. And while I understand that, Andy, like, we're going to try. We're going to try. <laughs> <laughs> We're certainly going to try. And yes, it is unsustainable, but I was also running through prize picks this morning and I was still thinking like, this line feels kind of off to me. Like that line feels kind of off to me. So like I've always said, I would encourage everybody. I get some of them in sometimes during the breaks, log on to prize picks right now, promo code Rick, because sometimes they do realize this and the lines start to move, but there has been an incredible opportunity with this site lately yes and we're seeing uh sometimes within 30 minutes those lines are moving that code that me that andy mentioned rick up to 100 instant deposit match there's also a link in the description and andy we've got we've got time to kind of talk these through normally on a friday scramble we're like okay okay this tees off in 12 minutes and make sure you get this in because the guys are already playing we've got time so there's kind of two paths that you can go down here and maybe not so much anymore. I, I was looking at guys that are out on the golf course right now playing round one who are going to have to do kind of the quick turnaround to round two. But I thought if they would play today, I would kind of know the course conditions. I was looking at some of the picks that you put in. You seem to have opted to go for guys that are already done their opening round, which will almost certainly, I mean, they're definitely not going to hit a, a ball until Saturday afternoon, probably at the earliest. Yeah. And I actually, you know, I put these picks in earlier this morning before I felt as certain that there was going to be no more golf today. So I do like your idea uh, because I think what I was thinking was, okay, there's no way that these guys play today. They're going to go out first thing in the morning on Saturday and get the worst of the wind. Now it seems like the other guys are going to go out on Saturday and get the worst of the wind. I still like my picks because it's going to be windy all day Saturday, but I probably would lean your route and try and identify the players that are supposed to get out the earliest because it's supposed to be super, super windy tomorrow morning. Yeah. And I would say there are so many variables at the moment. Uh, I still like mine as well. This is probably the least confident I've been just because there's so many variables, Andy, right? We don't even know when these guys are going to play. We don't even know the next time they're going to hit a golf shot. So I don't feel as good, but I, I guess in, in the, the opposite side of that, if you are paying attention, Andy, and you're watching the weather and you're checking the wind and you're look like, if you're willing to be around to put these picks in as play starts again, you're going to have a lot of information that we're kind of guessing on right now. Yeah, you're going to have huge opportunities. And, you know, again, like some of this stuff with the um, the certain holes, I know both of us, like I, I stayed away from the holes uh, this time because, again, there was just like too many variables. So I just kind of tried to stick with um, – more basic categories like round score and birdies. Yeah. Um, but once you start, like if you can really figure out, okay, the weather and the rain and the softness of the course is really affecting this hole. Like to give you an example, Rick, I was watching, I got, got up super early this morning to watch um, because I was so excited that we were going to get a little <laughs> golf in today and the par fives aren't reachable in two anymore. I mean, no. they weren't in those conditions. And so like I watched, um, the Morikawa JT 
group come through and play. I saw them play, I think two par fives or at least one of them. And like your third shot is often from a hundred yards instead of when you would be able to be aggressive and hit that green in two. So even noticing just like little things like that, um, will probably be able to give you an edge. Okay. So, so uh, that's a perfect segue. I'll give you mine first because I've got a single hole par five prop here. So we'll just go, we'll go right into that. And and I agree. I saw the same thing. I saw that even big hitters were not able to reach some of these par fives into, and if it is raining, that impacts uh, the, the water on the club face and the ball doesn't fly as far. And it's just annoying. And then I was looking at the scoring averages. And I saw the ninth hole, which is a prop that's available on prize picks. It's the hardest of the fives. It's playing to a 4.7. So it's still playing under par, but it is not playing to the 4.5 that prize picks is listing all of these lines at. So I went with Rory McElroy over four and a half on hole number nine in round two. So that could be uh, hopefully for my prop Saturday morning in bad wind and soft conditions is when I would like Roy McElroy to play hole number nine. And it's already the hardest five. What they also did, Andy, did you see this? They had to revise the pin locations for round two. Did you see that? Uh, no, I did not. So last night they released the pins for round two, which we have not even started yet. Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about because you you have to put them in high points of the green. If you Correct. put them in low points of the green, the way that the course drainage works, all of the water is is going to go there. Okay, that makes okay. a ton of sense. So they moved them to the high spots, and one of the ones they moved was on nine. They moved it to eighteen on five from the left. So what you're not getting, Andy, is a par five that is one reachable by most of the field. Two, you're not getting the funneling to the pin. Sometimes you. You see that right they if you put a pin in a low spot you can use a backstop you can get the ball to roll roll closer to the cup that's not going to happen when they have to put the pins on the high spot so i'm taking rory over four and a half hole nine and including his round one score from this week he's played it over uh nine out of 17 times in his career dating back to 2016 so i'm all those factors over on rory on on hole number nine just quick aside on Rory, because we have a little time. Does we have he plenty look, of time, whatever you want to talk about. <laughs> does, does he look right to you, Rick? Because I was watching a ton of his round this morning, and I mean, he's hitting bombs off the tee. I mean, his driver, I haven't looked at the numbers, but just eye test wise, his driver really looks like it's it's working right now. And yet he still doesn't seem like he's able to manufacture a score very well. And I always think of Rory being best on soft golf courses. I think about that U.S. Open that he won at Congressional by like nine, where they got all of that rain and he just dominated because his carry distance is so far. Um, and when it comes to target golf, he's like the best. But something, I, I don't know, it, it seems like he's not, you know, we talk about this with Rom a lot, but it seems like he's not getting a lot out of his golf right now. I would agree. And I think the the biggest thing to me looks like the, the, the difference between him this week or him recently and uh, congressional is that he doesn't hit his, he doesn't hit, doesn't hit the wedges as well. You know, even literally out of the gate, his first hole on Thursday, he pipes one dead down the heart. He's 125 yards away and he makes flies. five flies the green with a wedge. I mean, he's 20 yards off. It's just, that's the difference. And um, if you are playing a lot of these fives from a hundred yards in, if you're playing them from wedge range, could be troublesome. 
Mark, Matt Jackson in the chat says golf resuming by three. Is that true? Um, is Matt Jackson a, a meteorologist in the Northeast Florida area? Did you get anything from PGA Tour comms? I think I have not seen an official. The last official update from PGA Tour comms was that uh, the next update will come at 1 p.m. Eastern, which is at 10 a.m. So I believe Matt is uh, prognosticating in the chat as opposed to having real strong, solid evidence, at least nothing official yet. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. That I mean, I'd be psyched, Rick. I'd be so pumped if we got a little bit more golf in today. It's like, for us, it's it's such a nightmare the next week when you get for like content and stuff like that, when you get the spillover and the Monday finish, it complicates absolutely everything. I'm already prepared myself for it to be a Monday finish, but I already saw in the chat. Some people were like Monday finish. This is going to be a Tuesday finish. Well, we know they'll do everything in their power, right? Like, and this would be the only event they would go to Tuesday. They'd go to Wednesday. They'd cancel the Valspar before they let this thing not finish. So, um, it, we'll, we'll get a resolution. At some yeah. point. Yeah. All right, Andy, what, what prop do you got for us here? Okay. So I feel bad fading your guy, but I, that's okay. I don't, I don't know. I took, so I took Hovland over 70 in round two. And I talked about this a little bit with Henley where this just, this is a pure number play to me. I was looking at the over-unders for the guys that were 100% having to play their round tomorrow and, you know, they didn't have many of them up. Hovland and Rom were the lowest. And I still think Rom's going to win this tournament. So I, I looked at... Um, I hope so, Andy. I hope so. Me too. So I looked... Well, for your... <laughs> I, bet, I bet him at least. So I've, I've got a lot of financial interest in him. Winning yeah, this <laughs> even more so than... Yeah. So I, I, I just think with, with Hovland, I think there's a chance that tomorrow is really, really brutal. And I think we have done a pretty good job of identifying always with prize picks saying, Hey, there's one thing that is usually the case is that take overs as the tournament goes on, right? Because they don't usually seem to adjust them up, even though the course sometimes tends to play harder. That happened with Bay Hill, right? Where I was smashing overs. We were smashing overs on the weekends at Bay Hill. And I, I just think these numbers are a little bit too low. I think there's a chance we get gusts of 45 mile per hour wins I already told you I don't love Victor on this golf course for some reason. I just, the sight lines, I don't, yes, I like him on target golf and, and softness, but once the wind gets going, he's going to inevitably miss greens. And so I, I'm going over 70. You can shoot 71 tomorrow in high winds and still be a really good round of golf. The number's just a little too low. There's a chance if you shoot 71 tomorrow in some of the forecasted weather, you might gain three shots on the field, something like that. hundred percent. Which, which I, I have to point out, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't point this out. They're a great partner. By the way, we are loving this prize picks partnership. Oh my but, gosh. Uh, but uh, there was a reason that they used to not let you do all overs and all unders. And the reason for that is basically a situation that we might get in round two, which is all this crazy stuff has happened and we might get a scoring average that is two shots over par, three shots over par, something like that. And you could in theory over, 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 over. And like that's now available to you again. There was a time when that was not available for this exact reason. And if you want to take advantage of it again, that day might be tomorrow. 
Yeah. And I think, again, like it's obviously proven to be a fool's errand predicting the weather. But one thing that has stayed that I feel pretty comfortable about, one thing that has stayed, and I've checked this five times a day for the last week, is that we know that there will be wind tomorrow. That, we, we don't, that has been consistent for the that last That has been week. consistent. Saturday week. morning has been forecasted wind. Correct. So I feel pretty strongly. I don't know whether it's going to be a 37 mile per hour gust or a 51 mile per hour gust, but I do know that there's going to be wind. And if there is really, really high winds that also at the very, it's still going to be very soft, but at the very least the wind and the cold will dry it out a little bit. I'm, we're not, it's not going to be firm. I can tell you that much. It's still going to be soft, but yeah, I think tomorrow is going to be a beast. And so I went there with, I thought that number was too low. I think a lot of the numbers are too low. A lot of the guys are at like 71.5, 70.5. Like I think the scoring average is going to be like 74 tomorrow. Yeah. And you and I are very much on the same page. My next prop is kind of, you know, I'm, I'm expecting havoc. I'm expecting tough conditions. It's Justin Thomas round two under four and a half birdies. It's the highest available line, four and a half. And JT is kind of reliant on that, on that putter. You know, Andy, like how many birdies is he, is he going to make? Depends on how many putts he makes. And we're already kind of seeing slumped shoulders on some of these missed putts. And he's kind of a streaky guy and he can get on the wrong side of it for four days. And if we do get all of that, plus the wind, making five birdies or better around Sawgrass in the morning on Saturday, that's going to be hard, man. I'm I'm kind of invoking the the havoc clause in all of this. Okay, quick aside again, because you just made me think of something really interesting. So I woke up super early and got to watch a bunch of the guys that I didn't really get to see yesterday. Um, I watched a lot of Xander. I watched a lot of Brooks. I watched a lot of JT. I watched a lot of Rory, and I watched a lot of Colin. Of that group of great players, who who looked the best to you? Who do you have the most confidence in? Because I have my answer, but I'm curious to know Ooh. yours. Uh, so how, which, which set of guys again, Morikawa, JT, Rory, Morikawa, JT, Rory, Xander Brooks, uh, probably I'll tell you what, I was pretty impressed with Morikawa because he okay. was, um, he was bad and he was still one under or whatever, right? He had the cold top. He was really working hard around there. He got in some really awkward positions in which I don't think he gets himself into often. I, I, I think Morikawa got way more out of his round, even though it wasn't as good of a round. Okay. I I like the way that Xander looks right now. I really okay. do. I watched him. He started out. So I was talking about this with, with my buddy Xander Legion, who we just, every single Wednesday night, we have a Wednesday tradition of talking ourselves into it, finally being our week with him. But he started out on Monday, and uh, or he started out yesterday, and he looked really bad. And then after three holes... He went in the clubhouse and I was like, thank God, because weather delays can, they halt momentum. They stop momentum. They, you know, and if he just didn't have it yesterday and he came out today and he's been four under through his last 12 holes and looked really good. He had that strut in his step. Um, he won Kasuma Gaseki, the Olympics on a pretty yeah. soft golf course where it was a lot of throw and darts. So I like the way I would say Xander and Brooks looked the best to me. Rory looked like he was piecing it together. Did you see Morikawa's cold top? Oh my God. Yeah. He still made par, but yeah, un unbelievable, <laughs> unbelievable cold top from literally the best ball striker on planet earth. 
Yeah, no, and and Brooks, by the way, Brooks looked pretty solid to me. Brooks looked like he was, yeah, he was feeling it a little bit. I think Brooks will be around. Yeah, I still think Rom wins, but. Uh, well, I hope so. The chat uh, was a little excited because they said Justin Thomas was not available at four and a half. I'm still seeing it, and now it looks like uh, looks like it's up there. So I think we're I think we're all good on that end. But these lines might move, so you want to make sure you're using the code Rick. You're getting your 100% instant deposit bonus. You're getting your bets in again, 19 and two over the last 21. And I. Listen, it's unsustainable, but ride us while we're hot. You also, Andy, uh, for our final selection here, you have an under birdies as well. Where are you headed? I can't believe this is up. I think this is a, a this is a bad line. I, this is slam this one. Tommy Fleetwood under 4.5 birdies. Love Tommy Fleetwood. But and I'll, I'll were, confirm it is as of right out of Andy's mouth. It is on the website right now. I can see it. So this is okay. still available. <laughs> this is insane to me. The regression is obviously coming with Tommy Fleetwood. He gained almost five strokes short game in putting just in round one. He still lost strokes ball striking will likely be playing his entire round in heavy wind uh, run, not walk. Run, not walk to Tommy Fleetwood under four and a half. Brace. So here's what we've got uh, uh, for the show. Hopefully you're putting them in right now. Victor Hovland over 70 for round two. These are all round two. Tommy Fleetwood under four and a half birdies. Justin Thomas under four and a half birdies. Rory McIlroy over four and a half on hole number nine in round two. If you don't see something, refresh it. I'm looking at the website right now. Those are all available at this exact moment, at yeah. those exact lines. SDP is saying Hovland strokes gone. Let me refresh. I, just I got saw, that I one just, in. I just saw it five seconds ago. So hold on. Hovland. Hovland 70 for round two is, mm-hmm. is I'm, I'm seeing it. Right okay, now. cool. It's back. Beautiful. All right. It. Good yeah. stuff. Yeah. So give it a, re- and I imagine these, I imagine the price picks guys are trying to figure out timing of stuff. And so like, if something's not there, refresh, try it again. Uh, I don't think they're trying to like rip it down because we're bankrupting them. Maybe not, but I imagine there's a lot of, I imagine there's a lot of logistics going on Andy behind the scenes here. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think it's such a strange position for like, I'm sure we'll get into the odds a little bit next, but it's such a weird position for books to be in. I mean, I think they're, you could probably take advantage um, in a lot of these scenarios. Yeah, we can talk about that. Uh, so real quick, let's put a bow on this prize pick segment. Again, the code you want, it is Rick. 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks. But the way we've been going, that 100 bucks is peanuts because I've seen the screenshots. I've seen what you guys have been able to do, and I'm glad that you've been a part of it. There's also a link in the description as well. We're still going to talk about the live odds. We're going to do a quick one-and-done update. And then there's some really good questions in the chat, Andy, that I think we can talk about because yeah. – Listen, there's no golf going on right now. This is kind of a weird scramble. Let's let's do it, but we'll do it on the other side. If you're not playing Daily Fantasy on Prize Picks, then you're not really playing Daily Fantasy. They offer nothing but props and they do it better than anyone else. You pick 2 to 5 players on an over under and can win up to 10 times on any entry. They allow mixed sport entries, meaning you can take the over on LeBron James and the under on John Rahm. The golf-specific props are amazing. Birdies or better, fairways hit, greens in regulation, round score, and now, yes, single 
single hole props. That's right. What score will a golfer make on a specific hole? I have prize pick specific tools on my website to help you build the best entries. And now prize picks is offering a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Just use the code Rick at sign up or click the link in the description. That's code Rick. Good luck. All right, Andy, and we're back. I'm the PGA tour, uh, comms, a Twitter yeah. account. They tweeted out, but this is just stuff from the presser with Gary young. So I don't think there's any necessarily new information here. I'm just scanning it. You know, what would um, also yeah. be ugly is if, um, if they don't repair. So after round three, normally, obviously you'd have time to, get settled, start the next morning. They would change the groups and the tee times for players that are, um, you know, based on the leaderboard, they might not do that this week, right? They might just run you out when, wherever you finish on, on round three, they run you back out 30 minutes later to start your round four. And you might get a situation where the winner finishes like 90 minutes earlier than everybody else. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That, that's such a, that would be so strange. Yeah. That could, that potentially could. And I think they kind of, their hands are tied, right? They, they're going to have to do whatever it takes to get this in, in a timely fashion. And this has got to be the tour's worst nightmare with their flagship event. Um, they've, what did you think about, did you see all this craziness about the golden man? (laughs) Yeah. The the uh, uh, augmented reality trophy comes to life and hits shots onto seventeen green. That guy, I think. I think the <laughs> I think the best the best jokes were the jokes about how now now we understand what Phil's talking about, where they're sitting on twenty million dollars of digital assets. <laughs> Did you know that that trophy is a? Uh, I'm going to get this word wrong, but I believe it's called a monogamation of every players champion so it's it takes all the combined features of all the players champions for like 30 or 40 years and that trophy is supposed to represent all of them i wonder if they kept greg norman in the mix for that one yeah they might have to make a couple of adjustments okay uh, a couple of questions i want to get to real quick here hold on now i gotta find them in the chat there is one about okay this one is a big topic of conversation. It feels like a decade ago, but Hideki Matsuyama withdrew from this event, Andy, like right after lock. So if you had Hideki in your lineups, which 11% of people did, you are SOL. And there's been a lot of discord this week about what these sites should, could, or are able to do to kind of make this experience better. And I wanted, I, I have an understanding of the situation, but I wanted to kind of pick your brain to see if there is even a solution that would be acceptable to everyone. Um, I am firmly in the camp that deal with it, but I, 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 I under, I, I understand it, right. It's, it's frustrating obviously, but I guess the scenario that everyone is throwing out there is, well, allow to have an alternate, allow to have, allow to play Patrick Rogers, who was the guy that replaced, um, that replaced, uh, who, Hideki. I was, my brain's cluttered also because I played Luke Lest, who also withdrew this. Oh boy. Um, anyway, but what if Patrick Rogers ends up, goes on and win? And and you could say, no, one's going to play a $9,600 Patrick Rogers. Like, I totally understand that. But John Daly won the 1991 PGA championship as an alternate. Like these guys, like 
it is what it is. And the thing that I think people fail to realize is, yes, we don't have like injury reports the way that maybe we do in the NFL and stuff like that. But this stuff was out there. Like the Japanese media were talking about this. Hideki shot tracker was tweeting. He has a neck injury. And in my opinion, like you'd need to just do your research and like find an edge and you're going to get screwed. Sometimes I got screwed with Luke less this week too. And I'm not clamoring to have Michael Thompson as my replacement for the withdrawal. Right. But or <laughs> it just, it, it is what it is. And I don't, people whine a lot about this stuff and it's like, deal with it. If you play enough, this stuff evens out. I've actually been on a pretty good run of avoiding the WDs. I had a hair of Hideki this week, so I've got some dead lineups. And yeah, right. If you say, okay, just give me the replacement. Well, then you're going to have a crowd. When Patrick Rogers goes on and wins, you're going to have a crowd of people that say, well, I couldn't have picked Patrick Rogers before the event started. I really wanted to play him. Then you're going to have that issue. If you say, let me uh, you know, replace him with another guy who's equally priced, and now that inflates the ownership of that golfer when everyone thought they were getting that golfer at a different ownership or you know, whatever reasons. And also, Andy, what I actually believe this is, is I believe this is regulatory. This like Draft Team could have a solution for this, but they are legally not allowed to. It's the same why um, UFC locks everybody uh at the start of the event so the the dfs regulation treats individual players and individual events differently and golf has to lock at the event start in the same way that ufc has to lock at the event start yeah and i mean like i'm seeing like you should be able to add one alternate in in the chat i think that's interesting i think that's but it's a different game than DraftKings. like a mad that's a whole different strategy if you want to say Let's play a game where you pick seven guys and you drop the lowest score. Okay. That's interesting. I'd probably play that and do that, but it's different than DraftKings golf. That used to exist back in the wild, wild west of DFS sites. I cannot remember what it was called. Uh, It started with a V, Vitrix, Vitra. I don't remember what it was called, but that's what they used to do. You'd pick seven golfers and they'd drop your lowest score. So you had a little bit of insurance of a really bad, ugly miscut. You had a little bit of insurance of a WD, uh, but that was the game. It was, it's a completely different game that you're playing uh, when you're, when you're doing that. And then they got bought up by somebody who got bought up by somebody who got bought up by probably draft kicks. Yeah, it's just, it's a different, it's a completely different strategy. I don't know. I'm okay with it, Rick. Like I, honestly, I think that there's so much variance in golf already. Um, and I get that, like, I'm not playing high stakes DraftKings for thousands and thousands of dollars. And I get that some people do this professionally and as a living, and they feel very frustrated by some of this stuff. And and I completely understand that. I would be frustrated too if I had if I had a ton of Hideki shares and it was, you know, my salary or or I was playing for big money. But I just think that just like, you know, golf and and all the other sports with co- that have been ravaged by COVID and had all these crazy situations with COVID, like I just think in my opinion, it's part of the game. I don't think the problem is DraftKings that I wanna that I wanna nitpick. I think the problem is more I'd rather a more interesting discussion is how do we get better reporting on injuries in golf, right? Like I don't care about DraftKings changing, but like maybe how do we how do we get better reporting on injuries in golf to me is a more interesting conversation. Yeah, the the one and a half billion dollar PGA tour that is now in bed with uh fantasy and gambling sites needs to employ 
range reports at the very least who's at the range who's not how many holes did they play today if there if if there was news that Hideki was on site and I don't know if he played or not but like what if he didn't play any practice rounds to practice holes Tuesday didn't play any practice holes on Wednesday that would have been sending up massive red flags about his status for the week a hundred percent and it's a flawed system the way it is, obviously, where there's all this like speculate, like this has been happening the last couple of weeks too. remember like with Berger, when he first played the Phoenix open, everyone was trying to figure out if he was healthy and then he didn't play well. And then everyone was saying, Oh, he's, he's not healthy. Let's not play him at the Honda classic. And then he almost won the Honda classic. And it's like, there isn't, you know, there is obviously a lot of room for improvement. I also, when it comes to DraftKings, I kind of like, like the, like there were certain people and I'm not one of those people, Rick, but there were certain people that were like on this Hideki injury thing. Like I, I, I wasn't going to play him for different reasons this week, but there were certain people like content guys that were tweeting about this and saying like, this is a thing, like this is a real thing. And those were people that transcribed Japanese press conferences and did their due diligence. And in my opinion, those are the people that should win at DraftKings, right? <laughs> like those are those, if you're willing to do that work and that research, you should have an edge. So I'm okay with it. Yeah. We, uh, it came up in the live chat that we had on Wednesday. I generally shrugged it off as I do most injuries. And this is the first time it's, uh, I kind of fought back to bite me, but that's kind of the, that's kind of the deal, right? Is we hear rumblings a lot. So if you're able to do more research or just, just take yeah. the variance. Just take, it, take yeah. the variance. I love it. I love the variance. I think it's so, it just adds this element that is so weird and strange, but that's sports and that's all sports. There's elements of it in all different sports that don't make a lot of sense and are hard to figure out with penalties and stuff like that in the NBA and the NFL. It's just part of sports. And so I, I, I don't find myself in the camp of many others that think we need this massive changes in our up in arms. Okay. I do have a, um, I cannot name my source, but there is, uh, generally an understanding that they're going to try to get two more hours of golf in today. I don't necessarily see that. Uh, but that is the rumor. They don't want to play 36 on Sunday and they're targeting a 6 PM finish on Monday. That is We'll, we'll see. I think things are changing quickly, but that's the latest I've heard. So they want to, what you're saying is they want their tart when they, when you say they're targeting a 36 or they want to do 18 on Sunday and they want to do 18 on Monday, they would rather have a Monday finish than do 36 on Sunday. That's interesting to me. That is, that is the way that I'm reading that as well, is that they would rather not jam 36 holes into Sunday and not not repair they want to repair and they would rather run into monday for the largest person all of golf instead of um instead of trying to jam it in and just potentially sacrifice the valspar because yeah. the valspar is the valspar being good is still in the interest of the pga tour uh, for sure, right. but not like, as yeah, but not as right. much. They're, yeah, they're no, 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 a hundred percent, not as much. Okay, that makes sense to me. And I do think. Do you think that would do ratings, Rick? Do you think like a Monday finish? When was the last time we had we had Tony Finau at Northern Trust? Right. Yes, um, I think it would be fine. 
I, I mean, especially if it gets to like 6 p.m. Because that's a much – the Monday finishes that don't get any ratings are the ones where they go out and they play three holes on Monday or a playoff on Monday at 9 a.m. and it's over. The, the 6 p.m. kind of like primetime, no Monday night football situation this time of year, that could, that could be okay. They could do okay with that. I didn't even look at the. I was so focused on the weather Thursday through Sunday. I didn't even. What's it supposed to look like on on Monday? Let me look right Mon- now. I think Monday's okay. While you do that, I'll pull up the odds board. But I think Monday okay. is. Um, I think Monday's supposed to be better. Okay. Here are the odds, and we were saying earlier. <laughs> good luck for books trying to figure this out. So the favorite, ten to one, is Scotty Scheffler who is four under Andy through 15 holes. He is currently playing the 16th and he is right in front of the green on the par five. So if he gets up and down from there, a place that he probably should, he moves to five under through 16. He's now the favorite to win the player's championship. And if that comes to fruition, I believe he'd become the number one player in the world. Yeah. Oh, just to put the bow on the weather thing, by the way, Monday is supposed to be overcast with no rain and like a fair amount of wind. So that could be really fun if the course starts to dry out a little bit over the final two days where the rain stops and we still get a windy Saturday and a, a little bit of a firmer windy Sunday. That could be that could be pretty fun. Um, he's number one, right? I, I wanted to check on that right before, but if he wins the players championship, Scotty Scheffler is the number one player in the world. Cause I remember Rom could lose. I remember seeing before Scotty that Rom could lose it. If Morikawa won, I didn't know if he could lose it. If someone else won, uh, Victor could be number one in the world. Morikawa could be number one in the world. And Scotty Scheffler could be number one in the world this week. I don't know if there are other scenarios, but there are multiple players that with a victory and, depending on the scenarios for Rom's finishing position, they would take over the crown as the number one player. What do we do with that? Like if Scott, if Scotty Scheffler becomes the number one player in the world, like that is, that is so crazy to me how it can, I don't know. Are you in the camp of like the OWGR is completely broken? Uh, no, that's a good podcast for us to do someday. Yeah. Like, we should do that. Deep dive. Yeah. We, we should do that, especially cause they are changing it. I have the scenarios here. No, I don't think it's broken, but I also don't think it is necessarily as representative as people want to give it credit for. It is. It's mostly just like a, who's the hottest in the last year or two years type of scenario. It's not, and and you could bank a lot of really good finishes and go on a bad stretch of golf and still get yourself into a lot of tournaments that give out free points. And so, like, it's just, it's not broken, but it is not the end all be all. Yeah. You have your OWGR manipulators, right? Yes. Where you can play a bunch of Asian tour events and suddenly you're top 50 in the world. Justin Rose is only in the players championship because he was invited to Tiger's event, the hero world challenge, which got him enough OWGR points to make the cut of the rankings to get into the largest person golf. That's, that's a problem. Um, <laughs> that's a manipulation of the system, but I don't think the whole system's broken. Yeah. Me neither. You know, you heard about they're going to start uh, integrating strokes gained, right? Yeah, which is really cool. I think that they should do that. I think the because I would imagine they're weighted strokes gained, right? Well, I mean, they are they are the authority of strength of field. They better be if they don't if they don't weight them, they shouldn't yeah. even put them in. 
By because the way, you're, Rick then, then you're gonna have has the has that uh, the weighted strokes gain, right? That is true. Yes, I'm very yeah, proud those of that are calculation. Great. Yeah. yeah, that so because if you if they're not weighted, you would have a situation where like um, Aaron Rye would be like the eighth ranked player in the world or something. Yeah, Seamus like Power. Yeah. yeah, right. So here's here's the um, here are the scenarios. Scotty Scheffler, number one player, if he wins and Rom finishes worse than solo tenth, and Morikawa finishes worse then a three-way tie for runner-up. So that's a couple of things that have to happen there. This is all from Nosferatu on Twitter, who's like the, the king of the all. The guy, yeah. So Scotty Scheffler can be number one. Victor could be number one with a win or a solo second uh, if John Rahm does not finish basically inside the top two. Patrick Cantlay could become the number one player in the world with a win and if John Rahm does not finish solo second. And... Morikawa, do we do Morikawa? Morikawa could become the number one player in the world. Morikawa could actually become the number one player uh, in a lot of scenarios by finishing second. Yeah. So well, there's a lot I, up for state, up for grabs here. Yeah, I don't think the. I, I think Rom's gonna. I I think Rom is gonna be there on Sunday. I think he is. I did you hear? Um, he got asked in the press conference. Did you know you could lose the world number one this week? And he was like. Those are the things I don't want you to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I did not see that. Yeah. I, I think Rom's going to be relevant. So what is Rom right now on the odds board? Okay. John Rom is second, uh, 11 to one. So Scotty. God, they are so they're not going to give you a thing on him. No, nah, they will not get burned on that. Daniel Berger is like two shots better at the moment uh, than John Rom. And he is longer. He's 12 to one. So Rom's at three under and he's done. Then you get DJ who's out on the golf course right now. JT, Xander, they're all 14, 16, and 16 to one. That's a tough board, Rick, because you're getting all these guys at way worse numbers than you would really outside of Morikawa, I guess. And I think I'm a little less bullish on Morikawa than you are. I see what, you know, <laughs> did you see the Zalatoris putt yesterday that he made? Unfortunately, I, as someone who has heavily invested in Zalatoris this week, I've seen every putt that he has hit this week, and I'm not super thrilled about it. <laughs> so, even that being said, man, he bombs it. Zalatoris at forty to one, you could do worse. Spieth swing, he's doing the thing again. I don't, yeah. I don't know what he's doing with the swing. He's got like a hitch again. I watched him in person at Riviera. It looked like he had stopped the rehearsals a little bit. They are back, but it's tough right now because you're not getting a better number on DJ. You're not getting a better number on Brooks. You're not getting a better number on Xander. You're not getting a better number on JT. You're not getting a better number on Burger. So you almost, I don't think this is a good time to bet right now. I think you want to let the odds mature a little bit. I definitely agree with that from, so do you think that if you, if the guy you want to bet is already done, you should definitely wait, right? Like if you, if yeah. you think Tommy Fleetwood wins this thing, so he's 18 to one right now. If you think he wins this thing, that number only gets longer before he hits another golf shot, because you're going to have these guys not only finish, but they're going to play another round before those guys get back out. So you think the lead is going to likely get further away from him. And I would assume also, Rick, if they do try and get two hours of play in, it would probably be in super soggy and easy conditions, right? Because, or I mean, would it be like in the rain? Um, if it's in the rain and guys I were going to fall back, maybe. But if we get so, like yesterday afternoon was perfect, right? And so if we get those scoring conditions, guys are going to eat. 
but I would wait. I don't think that there's anything that's real. Again, I said the Zalatoris 40 interested me a little bit, um, but I'm not, I'm not seeing anything here in my opinion. I also think the two hours is um, wishful thinking. I think it's wishful thinking. I mean, I'm looking at the radar and again, I don't, I don't know what I'm looking at here, but maybe if they, they if they get lucky, maybe it clears out at four o'clock, but you would imagine that's four o'clock Eastern, which would give them probably two hours of daylight. But you imagine if, if it clears at four, there's work that has to be done on this golf course and they've got to let these guys get warmed up. I, I think two hours of golf today, based on what I'm seeing right now is quite optimistic. Yeah, I don't see it. I, I just, I mean, maybe, maybe they'll start, but I, I don't see it. Um, and then tomorrow morning, there's going to be scattered thunderstorms too. So it's like, we're going to have to see, we're going to have to see in the morning too. Um, I don't know, man. We, <laughs> we got a, uh, a long weekend in, uh, in store for us, my friend. We certainly do. I'm excited to see how it all pans out, but we'll put a bow on this Friday scramble for now. Big thanks goes out to producer Mina. She does all the hard work behind the scenes that right there Andy Lack you can find him on Twitter at ADP Lack Sports and you can find me at Rick Run Good make sure you've used the code Rick on prize picks and join in on the winning and we'll see you next time